Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined, as always, Friday mornings by my friend Rich Rebar from Sharp Football Analysis. We're going to pick our five favorite games against the spread coming off of a real awful football game last night and, and just an awful week of football in general. I mean, you know, Pat Fryermuth was heavily involved. We've seen a lot of Jacoby Brissett and, and the Chiefs and the – it's just – I, the, my, uh, my will to win this week, my, my drive to grind the football. It, I really am having struggle finding it after how bad those games were last week. It was really hard Monday and Tuesday, just because it, it wasn't even just like the, the, the disappointment of defeat. Cause it was, I got absolutely mopped last week in uh, DFS, but it was just like, yeah, like the football wasn't good. And so like, yeah. it was hard to get motivated of like talking about, what the bad all the bad football just happened so it's hard to like really get kind of motivated right about some of these players uh after last weekend but hopefully we're back on track uh, it's actually two weeks in a row like the scoring's been pretty down so we'll see if we can bounce back well uh i think i i want to give proper credit I, I don't know if ben baldwin or mike clay just tweeted it uh, but there was just a, a graph of like just you know total points per game on offense and it's like nine points lower than it was last season it's like 46 points per game is the, is the average in points scored and last year it was over 52 I believe so it just it, it is it's not just our imaginations like the the offenses are actually playing worse than they were last season I wrote about this a couple of times uh, this off season about, you know, expecting it to go down between, you know, the pandemic impact and largely the penalty impact, you know, just the, the fact that the, the league just said, you know what, we're going to come back and play football last year. We're just not going to call offensive holding in any games, uh, you know, last year. So in the NFL, just to give a quick context, we won't get into super weeds here, but last year there were 462 offensive holding calls called last year by far the fewest since any date I can find in penalties that I, I got back all the way to, to 1999. Uh, so the previous five years, remember it was 462. The previous five years, it was 724, 708, 664, 703, and 709. So like there's no technique or coaching changes that like reduced offensive holding to that level it was just literally right. a cognizant effort that where they said we're going to call the game differently and as a byproduct quarterbacks were sacked 150 times you know fewer times than they were the year before uh and then you know i said like you have the home field covid stuff where like false starts weren't called red zone like road scoring was an all-time high where things where you would like would correlate you know home field advantage having an impact false starts were the lowest uh they were in the 2000s like little things like that and all that went into contributing to having the highest scoring season in NFL history. And it was always going to recoil to some degree. Uh, we'd like it to be better than it was the last two weekends though. 
I mean, why? I it doesn't even make any sense to me. Like, who's complaining about? Like, who wants more holding calls? I mean, defensive you know? players, defensive linemen. That's yeah, but it. who cares? But <laughs> who cares? Who cares about them? They're going to get paid regardless, and and good good defensive players will will get theirs anyways, and they'll get paid. I mean, I like I don't know. It feel feels like a good rule to me. Like it feels like it feels like I. I mean, I was saying last week, like, just let the defense play with 10 guys or something. Like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like, I just, I cannot, I cannot live in a world where the Chiefs are scoring like 19 and a half points per game. I don't want to see Josh Allen score nine points against the Jaguars. Like, it's just miserable. No one, no one wants this. I don't even think Jaguars fans want that. Like, it's no, they awful. Didn't. <laughs> no, nobody wanted that. That game in uh, Patriots Panthers, like, I wanted to, it was like clockwork orange, you know, like, it was, it was miserable. That was a yeah. miserable experience watching those games. And uh, then some of the games we were on for DFS or I was on, I shouldn't say everyone. Some people won money last week, but <laughs> I, I, I had maybe my worst tournament week of the season. Like I didn't sniff anything. I, I, I had one min cash team in the spy because Lamar and, and Hollywood went nuts in overtime, but that, that was literally it. Like that was all I had. Yeah, and, and even the games that I was like, got so one-sided, like I was on Bengals Browns going over and it got over, but like, it was so one-sided. I was on the borough side too for tournaments and it was yeah. a disaster. And same thing, Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. We'll try to record. Hey, I did our, our number one pick though. Never in doubt the, 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 uh, the Los Angeles chargers covering the spread uh, at, at the very end. Um, and, and turns out my, my Cardinals pick ended up being right though. My yes. logic, my logic was dumb as shit. I was like, Oh, Kyler and Hopkins are going to play. And they were out at noon. So, so I, I always say rather, rather, uh, rather be lucky than good. Um, all right, well, let's, Just let's keep do fading it, Kyle should keep fading. Kyle Shanahan is a home favorite. It's, it's my it's, number. It's, it's my number. It's my number one this week. <laughs> good process. Yeah. Good process to fade them at home. And it's a favorite. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's your, what's your number five? uh i like to just try coming here and try to trigger you right away on these i'm taking the falcons uh with the points I, that one's not on mine either way i cannot fault anyone for for taking this line though it feels nine points feels like a lot for a dallas team that just got ran by the very uninspiring denver broncos i mean i expect the cowboys to definitely bounce back and be good there's some things happening in that game that the Falcons can't do defensively, but it's just too many points. And I ended up actually betting the Broncos on Sunday morning because uh, the same thing, same logic. I was like, the Broncos are not going to lose this game by 10 points. I didn't expect them to win on any level. But, uh, you know, the Broncos got home with four. They didn't blitz. See, the Falcons can't really do that. They can't really get home with anything. Five, four, six, 11. <laughs> they really just can't get home at all. They actually were blitzing a lot earlier in the year, and they stopped blitzing in recent weeks because Dean P said, why are we going to blitz? We're not getting any pressure. <laughs> like, so he just said, we're going to stop blitzing because he wants the blitz but can't. But uh, the, the Falcons defense just isn't good enough to hold them down uh, and get Dak off for them like the Broncos front four was. All of those teams that all those teams that let down last week, when you think of the Rams, the Cowboys, and the Bills, they all – just gave up pressure to front four with no blitzing last week. And like, that's the tried and true. Like that'll never go away in NFL history. If you can get pressure with being able to still play like seven and eight in coverage, like you're going to probably have a decent game and throw quarterbacks off. And all three of those teams were able to get home with four man rushes. Uh, Falcons aren't going to do that. I expect the Cowboys to definitely score a lot of points in this game and move the football a lot better. But I do think the nine and a half is going to be high because the Falcons have been really 
kind of turned, they've kind of turned the corner and Matt Ryan's a really good throwing the ball downfield. Um, you know, outside of that one hiccup against the Panthers. They've been CPAT really dude. He opens everything up. I'm not even, I'm like not even and, being yeah. sarcastic. He really opens everything up for them. Well, they have two, two kind of joker guys in, in Patterson and Pitts. And Pitts, yeah. they actually uh, use them differently week to week. Like they adjust their game plan for each guy. You remember two weeks ago, Kyle Pitts like complained about, didn't really complain, but said, you know, kind of highlighted how differently teams were playing him. Uh, and, you know, with Stefan Gilmore guarding him and the Falcons said, all right, well, we're going to be going against the Saints. What are we going to do? He only played out wide for 10 snaps, his fewest in a game this season. So like you, I like when coaching staffs do stuff like that, right? Like they are, are cognizant of what's going on. Yeah. Um, I, I think like, um, you know, the Falcons are not a playoff team. They're not a good, well, I don't know. The NFC is really well, random. The Maybe, back end they, of the NFC yeah. is gross. <laughs> but I, I like, I started out the season being like, Oh dude, Arthur Smith is, is out past his skis here. But I'm, I actually am like, no, he's doing, he's doing a pretty good job given what, what is on the table got. for him to, to deal with. And, and Hey, taking pits was like, a lot of teams would not have taken pits there. A lot of teams would have taken, you know, uh, chase or the, uh, you know, a tackle or whatever. And I, I think, Kyle, I mean, the thing with Kyle Pitts is he's not having this, like, like he's not having the on field impact that chase is having, but it does look like he will be that guy. Like, it looks like he mm-hmm. is going to be a, you know, he'll have a stretch where he, you know, challenges Kelsey's yardage records and stuff. I think is, is that's, that would be my take. Yeah, I, I mean, it's unequivocally he's the dynasty one on one for tight ends uh, at the tight end yeah. position. So, yeah, but I mean, really, just it's just the nine and a half to play and then be able to hang with like in the touchdown here. Yeah. Uh, all right. My number nine is again, it's just because of the bit, or my number five is because it's such a big number. It's the Steelers minus eight. And you might be like, Davis, you, you've picked against the Steelers all year. You, you think they suck. The, the thing about the Detroit Lions is that they are, they're worse than you even think they are. Um, they, they have been competitive in basically one game. Well, I guess against the Ravens, they were randomly competitive too. But we, uh, one of the things we know with the Ravens is they're, they're like a very high variance team because of the way they play. And if they don't, um, if Lamar is not like running like crazy, or if they're not successful deep passing, they can be had by anybody. And after the after the Steelers bye week, uh, I again I am so bad at attributing things from Twitter, but I, I believe it was the Steelers um, athletic people. They had this article about how after the bye week, Ben basically kind of had a come to Jesus moment, realized his body didn't work anymore, and turned over all the play calling stuff to Matt Canada was basically like, you do your thing. Like whatever it is that you is your offensive system, you do your thing. And they're, they've gotten way more efficient. They're using way more jet motion. They're getting the defense off balance. They're shorter third downs. They're converting more third downs. So basically I just think that if the Steelers stay on script here, you know, they, they're probably going to win the turnover battle against Jared Goff. Uh, I, I feel like I mean, eight is a big number, but I, I honestly kind of thought this would be nine. So eight, eight feels pretty good with the Steelers. I don't have a problem with it. It's just that I, I have a fear of betting my uh, Ben, a huge favorite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, dude. I like honestly forgot about that. They're the ultimate play down team. See, I also have they the did Steelers. it on Monday. Uh, you know, it's, and it wasn't even their fault because they had a fluky turnover, really. But like on Monday, the whole time too, I was like, I can't bet this. I can't. Like this is the game where the Steelers like could end up losing or like they have to eke out. And here, it happened again. 
they were in control of the whole game. And that Ray Ray McLeod is like the fluky fumble. Their bears run it in and kind of like press things and get hot in the fourth quarter. It's like, here we go. Every, every Steelers game where they face a team that they should dust. Yeah, it's true. And I, I have the Steelers and survivor this week in my pool where I'm still alive. And so maybe this is, this is definitely a little bit of cope. Uh, no, no doubt. No doubt about that. Like it's definitely a little bit of cope, but the lions are, the lions are just bad. I mean, the, the lions are, are just really not, um, a good team. They are, they're 29th in the NFL on offense and net adjusted passing yards per attempt. And they're 32nd on defense and net adjusted passing yards per attempt. They don't generate any turnovers. They don't get any pressure and they don't punish teams on offense either. It's, it's a mess. So there we go. Uh, number four, what you got? Uh, I've got the Browns. Uh, it's now plus two. So we're getting there. So I I have, I have the Patriots here. So, so I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, my my thing is is that Mac Jones has, has been really bad against teams that can pressure the quarterback. And, you know, obviously the Browns are uh, one of the top defensive teams in pressure on the quarterback. I mean, they're second in the NFL in pressure right now. Under pressure, Mac Jones, 56.4 completion rate, only five and a half yards per pass attempt because when they're under pressure, they only can throw to Jacoby Myers. Uh, and then when he's kept clean, 72% completion rate, 7.7 yards per pass attempt. Uh, so, I mean, and he isn't really, he's had a really light schedule in terms of teams that are able to pressure the quarterback. Uh, and, you know, uh, this is a game where I think the Browns are able to get after him. Uh, and I think the Browns will just do enough on offense to kind of, you know, I think they're going to outright win this game. Um, so we'll go, we'll go heads up on it. Uh, but that's really it is that Mac Jones has really been bad under pressure. The Browns are really good at, at getting pressure and the Patriots have no outside weapons. It's the only way to beat the Browns is to really have good outside weapons on defense. That's like where they're giving up production and yeah. the Patriots have none of those guys. No, they really don't. So my, my analysis is not even that involved. It's that Baker Mayfield's productive games very much happen on script. You know what I mean? Like when Baker's having yeah. these big, it's, it's that they, uh, you know, Stefanski has these very intricate game plans and, you know, they're running tight end screens to David and Joku and Jarvis Landry is scoring end arounds and like for, for whatever reason. And, and I loved Baker in college. Like I'm actually very surprised that Baker has become this player because Baker in college was like a magician. He was creating stuff out of structure all the time. You know, he was throwing these, these deep passes all the time. Like he, he really was like people have this weird image of Baker because he's been basically Kirk Cousins light in the NFL, but he really was an incredible college player. And so it, it's strange to me that this is true. And maybe, maybe Donovan Peoples Jones changes the complexion of this. Cause I actually do think DPJ might be that good. Like he really might be like a star, but an offense that plays 13 personnel, 20% of the time, you know, their Jarvis Landry is going to be like a 28% target share guy the rest of the year. They don't have Chubb. They don't have Hunt. And I'm not even doing like the running backs matter thing, but I I don't know. I do kind of feel like, I can't even believe I'm saying this, but I do feel like the swing of a backfield from Chubb to Hunt moving to Dearness Johnson and Brian Hill, like that, that, that's gotta be like worth a little something like that might even be legitimately really good. He's, Uh, he's incredible. Yeah. Like (laughs) the, the fact that Chubb and Hunt are so good really does allow them to do their whole thing because they randomly get these explosive plays all the time. I mean, Chubb, Chubb is kind of Derrick Henry-esque in that just like, I don't know, three times a year, he's going to have a 70-yard touchdown, and those things really do swing games. I mean, it swung a game last week, right? 
Like that, that game was relatively competitive. Nick Chubb breaks it off and it, it, it goes back to not being competitive because the Browns can just play downhill. And this is all a long way of saying, I think this is like a spot where Belichick is going to be able to really put Baker into knots. That's really, it's really is what it comes down to is that I think they're going to really have to force the Browns to work on offense. And we all know what it looks like when, when the Browns have to work on offense and, you know, how many times have the Browns gotten down to the, the three yard line and ran for the dumbest plays you've ever seen and they don't score. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of my, that's basically my, my thought here. Yeah. There are two teams. We just talked about both of them, the Steelers and Patriots, I think record wise are getting a little bit steamed up based on just like having like a really like, good variance. Yeah. Yeah. And having some good variance. I mean, the Steelers, especially like, well, after this week, like they just faced like a slew of good quarterbacks. And, you know, the non-Jared Goff, Justin Fields guys. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Patriots, too, I mean, I, what, half of their wins are against rookie quarterbacks, so. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I Baker's not a rookie, but he kind of plays like a rookie quarterback, <laughs> you know? Like, or, or I don't know. It's, it, I yeah, would he can definitely throw for, like, 120 yards in this game. Yes, yeah. That's, 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 really, that's basically what, that's really basically why I'm on pretty, the Patriots here. Easy, is I can see 120 yards. 47% completion, two interceptions from, from Baker here. This so that, is definitely a game really not to watch, by the way, too. No, no. I mean, you're, I guess we're going to get uh, rewarded with a nice little Ramondre smart spot start here because it looks like he's going to play and Damian Harris isn't. But uh, other than Ramondre, like throwing guys to the ground, uh, I don't think there's going to be very much enjoyable here. No, ever, and everyone's going to play Dearness Johnson because they have to. Yep. But uh, this game is going to be miserable. I mean, I can I can totally see a path where Dearness Johnson has 18 carries, 74 yards, two receptions, 16 yards, and no touchdowns. Like, that's definitely something that could happen here, no doubt. Oh yeah, I mean, but you still there's no, his price on both sides. Like you have, yeah. There's no way you can get away from him. Yeah. Even even in like large field stuff, he's gonna be the highest owned guy we've had all year. Yes. Yeah. Correct. There's just no um, way. <laughs> all right. What is your number three? Uh, my number three is the Broncos. Um, so this is, so th this is a, a, a pretty good play, I think for a number of reasons, but one is that the Eagles can't do against the Broncos what they've done the last two weeks, which is just turtle and hand the ball off. It's not the lions and it's not the chargers. You, you don't think <laughs> I, I kind of think they can. What's your, what's your reasoning? Well, because Vic Fangio is intelligent <laughs> at, at least at calling defense, uh you know taking away what teams want to do and if they force the eagles to have to drop back and pass uh it's it's not going to go well uh and then they were they, they faced one good mobile quarterback so far this season and they blitzed his face off they blitzed the con at lamar jackson and they actually gave up no rushing yards to lamar jackson in that game too so uh i feel really confident they can like at least limit hurts hurts as well but i don't think the eagles are definitely gonna line up around them not at least like they did the last two weeks with the success they're not gonna have yeah it, won't, it won't be 17 passing attempts or whatever yeah, they're, it's not the Lions and it's not the Chargers. Broncos are an elite run defense, but if they know you're going to line up and run Boston Scott and Jordan Howard all game, like they'll be able to, to do enough, I think, to limit them. Uh, and then just from a matchup stance, like if there was ever a matchup that was like tailor-made for Teddy Bridgewater, it's this one. 
a team that like is is totally predicated on making quarterbacks complete a lot of short passes. Yeah, <laughs> you know the Eagles uh, face the lowest A dot in the league. They don't blitz. Uh, and they're allowing a league high, you know, 76 completion rate to opposing quarterbacks. Uh, this is just like made for Teddy to just the game manage the hell out of this and just like matriculate drives against the Eagles, just like Herbert did last week. It's going to be a big Jerry Judy game, big Jerry Judy game. I <laughs> yeah. Think. I mean, the only problem is, it's like, if they're ahead, they're going to throw 25 passes, but right. like, it's totally this, like, there was never a matchup made for Teddy Bridgewater like this one and they're at home. Uh, so you get them in Denver. Uh, and I'm also like just kind of short on the Eagles at this point now because I think Nick Sirianni's a donk. He is, yeah. But I mean, Hertz is. I, he's only thrown like what 29 yeah. passes the last two weeks, but he's looked a lot better throwing. I thought like the the touchdown pass to Devonta Smith was like what people have been begging him to do, which is not break the pocket when you feel a little bit of pressure, take the hit, you know, get get the ball to your guy, right? Because uh, and it looks like I was really wrong about Devonta Smith too. Like he, he looks like the real deal, which I think is encouraging for the yeah, Eagles. All the, rookies, all the rookie wideouts look good. You know, all these first rounders look pretty good. Yeah. Which is good. Bateman I mean, looked we, good last night. Uh, oh, Bateman we, is, Bateman is super legit. Yeah. Yeah, he is. That's uh, it's, it's very good for our purposes. Um, all right. So my number, where are we at? My number three is the Saints plus two and a half points against the Tennessee Titans. So I, I probably know Kamara, probably Trevor Simeon here. Um, mostly it's just that I just do, do, I'm not a, not a Titans believer. Um, think Sean Payton is a really good coach. I, I, I obviously they lose a lot with Kamara being out, but I mean, the, the saints, the, the defense has just been so unbelievable. Um, and I know it was not last week against the Falcons. Like, uh, there was that there was that side by side of why the Saints lost the game, which is that they they isolated, uh, you know, they they isolated their cornerbacks on the outside on the two biggest plays of the game, and they both got they both got burnt on the play fake. Uh, but basically, I just think this is kind of your classic. Uh, the the Titans are riding high, the Saints are coming off of uh, that that egregious loss to the Falcons, and they're being just like slightly undervalued by the market. And I just don't really believe in the Titans overall. They're they're up to like tenth in DVOA after their results the last couple of weeks. And I think it's super fraudulent. I can't touch this game. I just, uh, this game is so weird. Both these, cause both these teams are so weird. You know, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a super weird game, but that's why my thought was just take the dog. Yeah. Just to go with the underdog game with no Kamara. I mean, Trevor Simeon, this, this is like a complete, like Sean Payton want to love some Sean Payton game, you know, right. Like he's going to try to do all the weird stuff. Uh, I mean, the Titans have been on this like, ridiculous run, but it would be so peak 2021 NFL for them to come and lose this for game. them to for lose this game. Right. <laughs> like yeah. to just beat the Bills, the Chiefs, uh, the Colts, and then the, the Rams in a row and then lose to the Saints without uh, Alvin Kamara. Like that's that's 2021 NFL, like basically in a, in a nutshell. Um, Number yeah, 14, I, I Mark Ingram. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a problem. I don't really have a problem with it. I'm just, this game I'm not touching. I just have no feel for it. Uh, I, I want the Titans to be so fun and they're not going to be fun either without Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um, all right. What is your number two? My number two is the chargers. And it's also my number two. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's really just on a thesis of like, when you look at recent trends of like when teams of like defensives have, have been on the field as much as the Vikings were last week that they come back and struggle the week after the Ravens ran 98 plays, 89 official plays, if you remove penalties in that and game. And they looked like shit last last night. week. And 
the the Vikings are just on the field for that much. Their defense on the field. They saw no Harrison Smith, no Daniel Hunter. I I am a little scared because the Chargers are banged up uh, on the back end and they're so bad against the run. And you know it could be a, just a Dalvin Cook special. Uh, but like I said, I'm going to follow that just trend of you know teams that have been involved in those overtime games that feature a lot of plays, then go on the road the next week. Uh, you know, not not uh, performing up to the caliber uh, that they're expected to. So I'm going with that, just, you know, tried and true kind of trend. Uh, well, I don't say tried and true to a foolproof because nothing is when you talk about these trends. But, you know, any anything that's hitting, you know, over, the you know, the base rate we're looking for, something in the 60% area, I'm just going to chase it and play it blind. Uh, so we're going to go with the Chargers. And I do think the Chargers are good, too, and they're going to score points. So Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the <laughs> I think the Chargers are a good NFL team. They certainly are not as good as people were talking about after the first month of the season when, when you know, people were doing, oh, I'd rather have Herbert than Mahomes, Staley for coach of the year. Like, I, you know, I think all of that stuff is uh, was definitely overstated um, as evidenced by the, the shithousing by the Baltimore Ravens and the, the overly competitive game against the Eagles. But... I, I also think the the Vikings have a problem that is like, I don't know, I, I think in 10 years, this problem is going to be gone of just the, the overly conservative coach, not go like, you know, not spreading out, not trying like every game, your goal as a head coach, you'd be like, we got to get, we got to get 30 points. Like that should just be the goal. Like we just got to go out and score four touchdowns. And, and that's that, the one thing if you bet on the chargers too, like, you know, you're getting that with Brandon Staley. Like. Yes. They've had some variants where, like, earlier in the season, like you said, people were, like, all about it, and they ran really hot, and then, like, they ran a little cold on fourth downs just because of regression. But, like, when you bet on the Chargers, like, you know, like, they're going to try to score points. Right, which is, like, that's, like, half the battle when you're betting on these games is just to try to get a coach who, like, actively wants to to be on your side. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's Uh, not like the Anthony Lynn days of the Chargers, you know, where, like, you're constantly fighting Anthony Lynn. It's like, Brandon Staley, he's one of us, man. Like, he's... He's on our side. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's yeah, that, that which is good. We we need more. We need more coaches on our side. Uh, so that was my number two as well. Uh, I, I'm curious if to see if our, our number one's line. I, I don't think they will actually. What's your number one? I mean, I have the Rams. Where did you? Have the Rams? Oh, yeah, Rams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean what the fuck is this line, dude? What are we doing? <laughs> and are people watching the games? Like, what? This should be this should be six and a half at worst. Six and a half. I mean, this is absurd. The 49ers suck, dude. What are we doing? Yeah, what they're one and five. Well, they I, I mean it's funny because I remember getting into this argument uh on Twitter with uh Salfino about the 49ers and how every, well, everyone was talking about this season, how easy the 49ers schedule was, right? And I was like, I don't know. They start with Lions and Eagles. I was like, after that, it's kind of not not easy at all. And people are like, no, they're going to win those games. It's like, you're telling me if the 49ers lost to the Colts, like you you would like be like you'd blink. If they lost to the Cardinals, you'd blink. And like people are like, yeah, they're going to be like five and two and six and one. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like they could, they could easily lose all those games too, and they have. <laughs> they're one and five the past six games, uh, and uh, their win was against you know the Bears. <laughs> So, right. Uh, yeah. Good for them. I mean, it, I mean it's, and it's the spot, dude. Kyle Shanahan. Uh, so since Kyle Shanahan's been at the 49ers, they're dead last in the NFL in turnover margin. The next closest team is 11, 11 behind them. Like they have a minus 44 turnover margin. The next closest team is minus 33. Under Shanahan, they're 13, 22 and one at home against the spread. Only the Giants are better than them over that or worse than them over that span uh it's it's just a joke man like it's 
and it's not completely Cal Shan's fault, but it, it kind of is his fault. He's really good as a play designer and he's really good at, at scheming stuff and then kind of has gotten his own way as like the management side of things. But it's also just a bet on the Rams too. I mean, look at McVay under, you get McVay uh, since he's been at the Rams after a loss, they're 16 and six against the spread. It's the second best mark in the league over that span. So you've got all these different things kind of pulling for you uh, objectively. And, you know, it's, the, the death star kind of the offense, right? Like it's, you know, they, 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 they get 30, they get 30 every game, dude. They, they get 30 last every week. game. Yeah. And it was weird. They, you know, they, they didn't pass protect under four. We talked about it. Like that was the, they gave up pressure against interior pressure of four man, four man rush. And it wrecked them. Uh, 49ers have been one of the worst teams uh, in generating pressure this season. They're 21st in pressure rate. They're 21st in sacks. Uh, so I don't think we'll see that problem exist here. I don't know if Odell's going to play or not, but it'd be fun if he did. It'd be uh, fun, yeah. I mean, you know, they have an extra day. A, yeah, they'll give him one little gadget touch or whatever if he is active. You know, he'll get. He's it. probably going to look pretty clean in that Rams uniform. Oh, their jerseys are. I I swear that's like half of why I think this offense is so good is that the jerseys are just so clean and the colors are so good. Like it, like <laughs> the blue and yellow is a great. Yeah, Great Henderson combo. just like looks like five percent better in that jersey, and Cooper Cup looks a little bit more clean. What do you? So, what do you think with the the Odell thing? Do you think he is Van Jefferson's replacement? You think he's able to out target Bobby Trees? Like, I, I'm I think it's a pretty bad landing spot for fantasy because there's just no because Cup and Woods get so much of the volume. There's just not really room for a third guy. So he'd really have to he'd have to move Cup to like a twenty eight percent target share and Woods to like a 19% target share, I think, to be a guy you really want to start. Uh, it might be tough. It might be I, – I equate it pretty similarly to what the Bucks did with Antonio Brown last year, you know, getting him back midway through the season. They have a lot – a really good offense, really good quarterback. So, very similar. The thing with Odell is he's hurt. I mean, yeah. he's got he's got a torn labrum and a sprained AC joint. It's going to require off-season surgery. So that's like the biggest thing for me in this whole process. So I was like, well, this dude is hurt. Like, you know, so you don't know what you're going to get from that angle here. But uh, I, I think it's a, a pretty good, like, real football move for sure. We'll see how, how it rolls out in fantasy. Robert Woods is one of the, he's been rolling pretty hot the last He's wide receiver anyways. 12. He's wide receiver 12. His opportunity hasn't been that great, but uh, he, he's finding the end zone. Uh, so he's been one of these guys that's kind of, maybe overkicked his recent station anyway. So people will just say it's because Odell, if he comes back down, but it definitely is a, a roadblock for Van Jefferson. Cause that's what we saw last year, right? Like the bucks were getting good play from Scotty Miller and then Tyler Johnson was starting to flash and then they just got shelved. And that's kind of what Van Jefferson was doing. You know, Van Jefferson was flashing 94% a little bit, contributing, contributing though, looking well. And they just want to, you know, shore up that spot with a guy that, you know, is, you know, more talented right now. They perceive talented. I mean, he is more talented. What are we even saying? Can't believe I uh, well, also, said that. Also, I mean, that's true too, but also it's pretty good insurance for if Cup or Woods had to miss a playoff game, uh, which is, is kind of something. You see this in, like, this is a big thing in basketball, right? A big reason you want to have that third star with your two really good stars is, I mean, what happened to the Nets in the playoffs last year, right? They, the, the Nets had a bunch of playoff injuries, and it's like it's not one-to-one because obviously NFL rosters are larger, but it is nice insurance that, you know, if if Cup, you know, Cup tests positive before their the conference championship game or whatever, okay, we got Woods, Odell, Van Jefferson, instead of having to play, you know, Ben Skrownick or whatever, like that, like that would be a nightmare for them. Like that would actually be a nightmare for the Rams in the playoffs. So 
that it, yep. uh, it is kind of nice from from that perspective for them i think yeah you just load up on depth and we saw this is the same thing the bucks did man like this is what you do this is what you do when you're there yeah yeah uh all right i mean dfs this week we got we got a million options like it's it's uh it's it's pretty amazing like we we literally have so many running back options we got you know we got josh allen we got the cowboys like there there are a lot of high individual team totals i'm i'm going back to the cowboys well for sure with the double sacks amari i I guess amari cooper was on the radio this morning and was saying that he and cd were super banged up and and that like cd hurt his ankle and like could barely move and and they're both feeling better now so i not that not that I wasn't going to play these guys anyways, but that's some good confirmation bias. Yeah, I mean, CD missed those practices at the end of last week, and then you know got cleared to play, and you know they had bad opportunities out there. That was a that was one of those games I feel definitely confident it wasn't like something we'll see a lot of. Yeah, huge forward. huge signal. Yeah, where I think what the what happened to the Bills, like it won't. I don't think it's going to be a problem against the Jets, uh, but I think like the bills just have to find some little piece of like offensive balance. Like they, they, you can't go and have like a, a this, the scenario as much as we want it to happen being like pass rate over expectation donks, like wanting all these dudes to just throw, but like you, you have to run the ball a little bit in the NFL, at least a little bit like in, you know, the bills have basically just like the past month have said, Josh Allen's our only rusher. And, you know, teams yeah. eventually, teams eventually are going to get religion and say, Oh, these dudes aren't even trying to run the football. Like let's just drop back and play coverage. And if we can stop the run with, without, you know, having to ded- dedicate any resources to the run, it's even better. And that's kind of what the bills have done. Now that's not going to, I don't think it's going to be a problem. It's the jets, but I, the bill schedule, they face some defenses coming up though, that I think if they don't start to have a little bit of offensive balance, then I think that we'll see that be a problem for them. You know, like they play like the saints, the Patriots, the Buccaneers, the Patriots twice. Uh, like we can see the, in the Panthers, like those teams have the kind of the resources to give them trouble if they don't really have a lot of offensive balance. Uh, so we'll see how sticky that is, but I have almost faith in the Cowboys bouncing back this week. Uh, I the running back situation is we haven't had this yet this season where it's just all because the thing about is not only the symmetry, uh, the pairing of having all these, it's the pairing of having all of these cheap guys and there are like legit pay up guys this week. Yeah. I mean, McCaffrey's it's, back. Najee against Najee's Detroit. in a great spot. Dalvin against the chargers. Uh, I mean, ever like there's reasons Swift, to pay up. Swift with no Jamal Williams again. I mean, he played, he played about 95% of the snaps before true garbage time. Um, you know, when in, in their last game, Jonathan Taylor, uh, then, even yeah, e- Zeke, CPAT, so. even like CPAT is, is he just gets there every week, you know? Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's not even just the thing where we were, it's like, oh, we've got these like four or five injury guys and like, which were, it's like, but like, it's all this, all these pay up guys too. So the running back position is crazy. Cause I don't know. Are you still doing, are you, well, how are you playing this year or in recent years? I mean, how many lineups are you playing? I normally do four or five and, and I just put them in the various single entry stuff on DK. So the, the $50, the hundred dollar. Um, and, and like, if like, if there's a team I really like, like if I'm like, okay, yeah, this, it just, the salaries work out this week that it's all the guys I wanted and I feel good about the ownerships, then I will put that team in like, a, a, you know, a more, more contests or whatever, but generally like four or five teams. I I'm, I, I did the, the MME thing for a while and I just was not particularly good at it. And I was just bleeding money. So I, I abandoned it and gave up. Yeah. I, see, so I'm the same way. So I, I've been like trying to hone in on what my core running, like what I want the running backs I'm going to be. And like, obviously you have to play Dearness 
he just i mean there's just no way because if like the earnest scores a touchdown and you don't play him you are you're, you're not winning any money yeah uh and if he scores two you're two or the 100 yard bonus or catches <laughs> like, five passes or whatever and and with his price on both sides like the floor so like there's just no reason not to play him if you're if unless like you said unless you're, if you're playing like 150 maybe you have a couple but like if you're someone like like how like I'm in the same boat as you. Like you have to play it. There's just no way you can't. Cause you can't survive if he hits like you, you win no money. You win $0. Um, so I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to play around him and which guys to kind of pay up for. Uh, I'm, I keep going back to the Dalvin cook, Mike Williams, skinny stack uh, as, as something I want to go to this week. So I love the, I love the, I love the Dak double stack with the Kyle Pitts bring back. And then you use the cheap running backs mm-hmm. to make it all fit. So you don't have to play, you know, Dan yeah, Arnold or, or whoever at tight end. Yeah. Love pits. I actually, I mean, are you playing any Gallup this week? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Cause for they sure. said, they said, they said full go, you know, they said, they said he, he, he'll have no limitations and Cedric Wilson actually led them in snaps last week, which to me would indicate Gallup, Gallup might be the most healthy of their, of their pass catchers at this <laughs> stage, honestly. We had with Jarwin out, they ran 11 personnel 82% of the time. Yeah, so, they only played McKeon and Sprinkle, like 16 combined snaps or something. So if they're going to come out and be a base 11 personnel team until Jarwin comes back, then I, I like the – the because people will have pause on putting him in. And, and granted, he is a, a volatile option. but I mean, yeah, he I'm was uh, – Wilson was the same play as him, and he was 2% owned last week in, in my stuff. So, and, and CD will not be popular either. Cause he is so much more expensive than, than Amari is. So it, it just all lines up and, you know, Pitts will not be mega chalk either. Cause everyone always say, well, actually we might see him get ra- like randomly more chalky this week uh, because there are so many value options, you know, t- Tyler Johnson, yeah. the, the Buccaneers tight ends. Like we, we actually might, cause there are just more cheap plays in general. We might, we might see more ownership than we would on a normal week for pits. Yeah. And you know, he's the top tight end. Everyone's off because Kelsey's and Waller play each other on Sunday night. Uh, Mark Andrews just played last night. Um, Kittle's on Monday night. So it's really kind of pits in a, in a gap this week. Gusecki even played last night who, you know, so it's we really cut. That's like half of the tight end one tier is not on the slate. So, uh, yeah, I think people will find a way to get there just because of the running backs. But what are you doing with like? So we know Dearness is in play. Like, what are you doing with like Connor Ingram? Uh, and I guess Ramondre and I guess Devin. See, I Ramondre Ramondre feels like the tournament angle. Like Ingram feels like the one you play in cash because I think he's locked in too. He's gonna get a ton of touches. He's just gonna get because because they don't even have Tony Jones is on the IR. Mm-hmm. Ozigbo got cut. He's on the Jaguars roster. Um, and Ty Montgomery is hurt too. So Ty Montgomery would be the guy. And if Montgomery's active, maybe he does play third downs or whatever. But I, I guess is Dwayne Washington still on their roster? I mean, he's been he's that guy's been a New Orleans Saint <laughs> for like five years, I feel like. So their their running back room is Good yeah, it is it's Dwayne Washington. Literally, it's still Dwayne Washington. That's Good so for funny. Good for Dwayne. He, he's always the week 17 play because the Saints <laughs> always have it wrapped up. So you just always play Dwayne Washington in week 17. Yep. But yeah, yeah I, I, I would <laughs> imagine I would imagine Ingram does probably get like a a floor game of like 15 touches here with ceiling for way more than that. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's just, cause they, it's, it's how they run their offense all year. Like it's not like they're going to start just dropping back and cause Kamara's out and going to throw it 45 times unless game script like got there, but they're going to try to run the offense through the running back because they have to. 
So yeah, I mean, because yeah. because it and and I, you you like Ingram more if Semyon is locked in as the starter too. Like yeah. as, as of right now, we don't really know. I we're we're assuming Semyon, but we don't know. We don't know for sure. But I mean, Taysom is is not checking down, and he's stealing those rushing touchdowns. But I mean, either way, like Ingram is going to be good. But Ramondre feels like a really good tournament angle does not feel like he will be particularly popular and you know you could always get brandon bolden or whatever I, michael michael carter you know just has that crazy target share and un, un, unclear how much that stuff continues and then uh, fat led dude i mean he that's he's locked into 18 touches and he'll be like you know he'll definitely get at least one goal line opportunity he his usage has been really good is there any chance because the earnest and like maybe even Ingram now being so cheap that people go like stars and scrubs and maybe don't land on Connor the way they should? Yes. Yeah. Connor, I think Connor, I think was trending to be like a 25% on play and now he'll be more like 10 to 15, I think. Yeah. Cause then I mean, he's kind of like in the middle of, of the pricing because of how it all came out last week, how everything shook out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, what yeah, about that's what's gonna happen though? It's what about scrubs lineups? What about Pat Fryermuth as chalk? I'm, I mean, with a Claypool injury helps him. Uh, I was a little hesitant because he's been getting there in touchdowns, which is fine if you're tight end. But you know, the routes run like haven't been elite. He, you know, that's the one like little pause uh, that I had. But with Claypool being out, you know, um, maybe listen, man, maybe it's the James Washington time. Um, He's so he's he's really cheap and everyone's gonna play Fryermuth at the same price. Tyler um, Tyler Johnson says and or Cam Brates says and those guys are are pretty good options too. I think. Yeah, everyone I follow like seems to believe that Godwin is gonna play. Is gonna play, but we'll see today because we record this in the morning on Friday. Like, well, if he doesn't practice, then it's probably gonna be pretty sketchy. But uh, I saw Bruce Arians too was on a radio show and said that they were hoping he practices today too. But. Uh, a couple of people like the, the, you know, the internet doctors uh, thought that he was going to be like, it was an injury that wasn't like a super big deal, but we'll find yeah. out uh, what it is. Obviously if he doesn't play, then Tyler Johnson gets a lot of steam, but also they might have Scotty Miller back and Perriman. I, I saw that. I saw that too, that Miller might be back. Yeah. Miller might be back and he throws enough wrench into it, but Miller was always AB's backup and got Johnson was always Godwin's backup last year, like for the roles they played. So if Godwin's out, then it still might be more for Tyler Johnson playing in the slot, you know, getting those slot snaps where Scotty Miller wasn't really doing that. Uh, so this, it, it's just another wrinkle, but I think he'll end up being popular. But do we, re- we don't even really need him, right? Like the James Washingtons and Tyler Johnsons. It's, it's, it's a, a week where we don't just it, – it's Yeah, Gallup, Gallup is the guy. There's too, many, there's too many cheap guys. Like we can't – we don't need to play all these guys – we, Brady Brady <laughs> double stacks have just been so profitable this year because they they like they, he don't they don't care what the score is there they you know they want Brady to get I, I I've said all year they want Brady to break the 2013 Manning season that they want him to to get past that season I was talking this with Jeff Turbertiller's son uh, we did that podcast with him and he was asking me about the MVP and I was like I don't really understand how people are still like even talking about like these like fringe guys like it's been Brady's award to lo- lose for like a month like he's, well because the, the writers want to give it to him too for sure yeah, but he i mean he still leads the nfl in touchdowns he's already had his bye uh like he's still the front runner uh yeah. as much as we've been trying to like make you know josh allen a thing lamar jackson mvp a thing and all these like brady's had the award won or been the front runner like he needs a collapse to, to not win it yeah i mean i would have um i would have been 
I would if it had the had that game not happened last night, I still would have been on the Lamar chain, but Lamar's not gonna win it now. No, no chance. No, and I, you know, I kicking myself for the that trend too of that like the long overtime game, the huge, huge plays run game, not being on teams that go on the road, not kind of you know taking the Dolphins plus the the touchdown that they're getting, they're getting eight and a half. And uh, even if the you don't believe the Ravens were gonna outright win, just not being on the betting side of that. Um, and then also the splits of Lamar versus the Blitz. I mean, Lamar's been bad against the Blitz the entire year. I, wrote, I even wrote it in the worksheet and still was like, ah, his floor's been high enough. Like, what are you going to do? Like, you, you know, and still just not being, not, not like, it's all happened. All they did was like, dude, they were on like mid-Blitz, spam, spam and stuff. I, like, yeah, they were just running no engage eight, bro. <laughs> I mean, he had no chance. And they, they resorted to just like throwing quick hitter screens to Hollywood Brown, which is totally not his game, you know? No. It was, it was a nightmare performance. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins are miserable. What a miserable team they are to watch. They'll play offense. Yeah, just I, we need we I we have not been rewarded with our seventy yard uh, Jalen Waddle touchdown yet, and I'm like they actually threw one off. deep pass last night. And it was like, oh, they for, they actually let him run downfield further than eight yards. That was nice of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Tell the people sharp angles, sharp football analysis. Let's uh, let's do it, bro. Yeah, you nailed it. Uh, the the that podcast, the uh, worksheets up, uh, all that information. You could have saw the Lamar splits against the Blitz and ignored them like me largely at the end. Uh, <laughs> saw that information. Uh, then next week we'll have uh, next week will be free week. Everything's gonna be free on the site next week. So look forward to that. Yeah. Wow, free week. There we go. Everyone, give get your get get registered. Get Even all Warren stuff is now. free next week. Uh, all his picks and all his stuff. So there we go. We'll to get on his. Uh, his picks when he sends them in because the lines move after he sends them out yeah get get your name get your name on the email list i get i get all the i get all the emails i always uh i always appreciate it and uh yeah everyone follow rich at uh at lord reeves listen to listen to the content check out sharp football analysis and we'll be back next week reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.